This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, a fun show we have in store for you here in Hour 1. Ed Justice Jr., my longtime friend. He's the president and CEO of Justice Brothers Incorporated. Justice Brothers, a brand for quality. But, uh, you know, if you go get your car serviced, more than likely that service department is using Justice Brothers products and you don't even know it because it's more for service departments than anything. But, Ed, I got to tell you, I went to... uh, my shop the other day, I don't know, it's been probably two, three, four years ago, you sent me a box of different, uh, what do you make, like 75 or 100, whatever it is, different products, but I grabbed some JB80, twice as good than WD-40, <laughs> JB80, and I thought, oh my gosh, I've had this for like three or four years now, and I was glad to use it too, it's a good product, by the way. Great, well, thank you, yeah, I'm glad it uh, helped you out. Business is good, brother? Yeah, business is good. You know, I mean, people need to keep their cars running regardless of whether uh, the economy is good or bad. Yeah. And uh, that's what we do. We help keep people on the road economically. You know what's funny? I Just talking about WD-40, I, 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 I've had WD-40 for years. I used, they used to sponsor the show, believe it or not, like 25 years ago. You know, the show's been on the air 30 years now. Isn't that ridiculous? Wow. But uh, many, many years ago... And then when you came along and you're like, hey, I'm going to send you some JB80. And I'm like, cool. Now, here's what I found out recently. Somebody says, you know, WD-40 really takes the grease away. He says, don't use WD-40 to uh, try and grease something because it actually takes the grease away. I did not know that. And so that's why I was looking at other products. And I I don't reach for the WD-40 anymore unless I want to take grease away. But anyway, I just thought it's interesting that we will use a product for years and years and years and years, thinking that we're doing something, greasing something, and it's doing the exact opposite. Weird, right? Yeah. I've never heard of this product, WD-40, that you're talking about. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You only know about JB-80. That's right. Justice Brothers. (laughs) Oh, I know a lot about (laughs) JB-80. What does JB-80 do that's different? Just curious. Well, it it goes into the micropores of the metal. I mean, we get comments from people literally almost daily about, you know, just unbelievable things they do as far as machining, lubricating, et cetera, et cetera, with JB-80. I mean, it seems like once they go to JB-80, they don't ever look back to anything else. And uh, I am thankful for that. I mean, you know, we gave it our best shot when we came up with that product. Actually, interestingly enough, in 1980. And, you know, it's it's just been growing like crazy ever since. So, so you know, it's it's really the product that you see for a lot of heavy use, and and it works around the home also, meaning it'll do everything you want it to do if you need it to do that much. Right. Well, it's funny because it's like I said, uh, all these years I didn't know this one product was not doing what I thought it was doing. And I think this is the way it is in the world right now with a lot of things that 
that, you know, we think it's, uh, you know, a product is doing something when it really may not be doing the job that we want it to. Here's an example of that. And I wanted to make sure you knew your products as well. So there, I just proved something to myself. There you go. Uh, here is a statement from a car company that says hydrogen is fueling the dream at German car automaker BMW. And here is the um, hydrogen program manager. He says, I am convinced. I'm not saying I think or I believe. I am convinced that hydrogen is the future. And I'm thinking, look at all these electric cars. So that leads me to this one. All these electric cars out there that everybody's, you know, really going strong on. And I know that sales are up from what they've been in the past. But it says uh, the lack of AM radio in some new electric models are cutting off drivers from important safety alerts broadcast over that medium, warned a group of former emergency officials in a letter on Sunday last week. Automakers such as Ford and Tesla have dropped AM radio completely from the newer EVs. The car companies say the motors on such vehicles generate electromagnetic frequencies the same as the wavelength of AM radio signals, creating buzzing and signal fading and interference. Now, let me just tell you something. That, to me, seems a little bit strange. I don't know. We'll, we'll take a break here and talk about this on the other side because people are worried about cell phones, and my wife actually, hers broke, and she goes, you know, it's been two days without a cell phone. It's kind of nice. We're going to talk about all this kind of stuff. Ed Justice Jr. joining us right now. He hasn't said much yet. I don't know what he's... What are you waiting for, Ed? Oh. Well, I'm no. letting you do all the talking. You're <laughs> That's right. doing a good job. You're hired. I'm teeing it up. You're going to be on for a while, so stay with us. <laughs> and, and obviously, my old pal. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Like the times that we spent hiding out from the Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Well, there it is, the sound of electromagnetic vibrations vibrating through your mind. And the automakers are not going to put AM radios in the electric cars. What's going on with that? Ed Justice Jr. joining us. Ed, my wife, like I said, she lost her phone. She kind of feels okay about it, you know, because she doesn't even want to keep the phone in her pockets. She puts it in her purse because she's like, I don't know what's coming out of that phone. What kind of energy is coming out of that phone? So, you know, with all of what's going on, everything we thought that was kind of cool may not be kind of cool. 
There's a lot going on. Electromagnetic waves coming out of electric cars. Am I worried about my cell phone? Or am I worried about driving? Imagine having a cell phone as big as a car. That's what you're driving around in, these electromagnetic fields. What do you think about that? Well, I think this really speaks to a lot of the problems with a lot of things today is we're rushing to judgment and an agenda. And it is an agenda in a lot of these cases is being pushed without any real experience or studying or et cetera, et cetera. I mean, when you go to get a building permit, you got to do all these studies, you got to do this, but yet this type of thing, look, I think COVID and climate change are very similar. Both people will acknowledge are real, but like COVID, they don't really know where COVID came from. And COVID is a lot easier to figure out where it came from than what might be causing climate change. But yet, a particular narrative comes out, and that's what we're going to run with. And similar to climate change and COVID, if you have an opinion, if people come out with an opinion that is opposite of what has been mandated to be the official opinion, they will destroy you. And we saw this with COVID with good doctors who had opposite opinions to what the mandated story was, and they basically ruined some good doctors' careers. Doctors who had taken the Hippocratic Oath, I'm not talking about lunatic fringe, I'm talking about doctors that had questions about a lot of things now that have come to light, and these doctors have been vindicated. But you know what? It's too late now. Uh, They were ruined. And so the same thing I see on the climate change with electric cars, a lot of things are being mandated. And if somebody has a different opinion that could be really worthwhile to solve this issue, there is no one answer to any of these issues. And the fact that hydrogen's a potential, look at there's problems with battery-powered cars for the mere fact that our grid is not ready for it nationwide, Yep. period. I mean, there's been numerous articles written in the Wall Street Journal, among other legitimate mainstream periodicals by very knowledgeable people, very well-educated people, people that are far more educated than me and, and the majority of the population, pointing holes in a lot of this stuff. But on the other side, you have politicians, many of them very low intelligence. I mean, you can turn on the news every day and see this, but they've gotten elected, and they are the ones now that are the chosen few that are determining how you and I are going to proceed down the future. And it's really a scary situation. I'm not saying anybody's right or anybody's wrong, but there is more than one opinion and a lot of knowledge that's out there that is able to be used to find the solutions to these problems. Well, it's, I think it's kind of like what you said. You said that we're made to run with a certain narrative. And, you know, we're forced by certain mandates and things that are coming down from the, well, the, you know, the president down in this electric car thing. I, I think there's a, you know, a great place for electric vehicles in our world today but not being shoved down my throat. That's not one of the great places. But we are made to run with 
a narrative. Sadly, and a lot of people just accept it and they start running with it like lemmings. And you know what the old story about the lemmings is? They all ran off the edge of the cliff together. So I hope that the automakers are starting to wake up a little bit and, um, you know, stay with the uh, ICE internal combustion engine a little bit longer. Ed Justice Jr. here. We're going to continue talking about this on the other side. It is The Drive. These are topics that need to be talked about. I want to hold them like they do in Texas, please. Fold them, let them hit me, raise it, baby, stay with me. I love it. Love game the word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up with the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Dodge Domestic, not domesticated. Ed Justice Jr. here. He is uh, President and CEO of Justice Brothers, America's brand for quality and service department products. Your car has probably had his, probably has his products on it somewhere. Anyway, Ed, you know, I was talking about Dodge being a sponsor of the show and Earlier this week, they did a technical briefing on this vehicle that is last call, they're calling it, last call. I'm not sure exactly what it quite is yet. We're not supposed to talk about it. I know enough to be dangerous. It's embargoed until like the 20th or 21st of March here. But it's like, it's a muscle car, thank God. <laughs> you know, and it's a, it's a monster. That's all I can tell you. So even though they're showing the world some electric vehicles, you know, Ram truck. I was at the Consumer Electronics Show. I saw their Ram truck electric. Absolutely awesome. But they're going to continue making internal combustion, both gasoline and diesel, which I think they should. And then, of course, BMW saying, hey, hydrogen is the future. So all of a sudden, for a little while, the future is electric. Well, hydrogen, you know, is kind of part of that equation. But the future, I don't think, is all electric, if you know what I'm saying. But back to my wife who won't even carry her cell phone in a pocket. I'm like, just put it in your back pocket. No, I'm not doing that. That thing's emitting, you know, electromagnetic field or whatever. I don't want that on my body. She puts it in her purse. But back to this whole thing, why they're getting rid of AM, the AM band, Ford Motor Company did it, which makes me angry. We're on a hundred radio stations, the majority of which are AM. So of course they can listen to our podcast, but the reality is that's a emergency band. But the fact that they're even admitting to the fact that the electromagnetic field, it creates, you know, disturbance within the radio. Is there any disturbance anywhere else? What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, look, it, it brings up a lot of questions about a lot of things and long-term effects and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, look, there are a lot of very, very smart people who fully believe in climate change and the issues that it uh, might and will bring. But they also, at the same time, said that mankind alone cannot fix this problem. Okay? Mm. So that statement means 
all electric cars. We putting you in a little hut. You don't eat meat anymore because cows <laughs> emit methane right. and they cause carbon and all that. Man alone, if you make all those changes and completely turn your life upside down, it won't do enough to solve the problem. Meaning there are solutions to be found, whether it's capturing carbon, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of this people go, well, that's just pie in the sky. Well, I've met a lot of people in my life who are Caltech, MIT type people who have told me that they underestimated the technology that was right around the corner. Mm. And uh, none of us know what lies in the future. Right. It's a stepping stone to this, to this, to this. Right. I mean, look at if people literally saw the smartphone in the future, it wouldn't have taken till the mid 90s for Apple to put it out. Right. Well, you know what's I mean, funny? Why did it take to that point? Yeah. Because you couldn't see it. I, I remember it was an evolution. I remember signing a contract one time and having to agree that there was something in there. There was a clause in there that said, you know, that you agreed to this, that, and the other, and things that have not even been invented yet. And I thought that's brilliant because something will be invented. Some Einstein type person will invent something that will be a game changer for our world. It's just like with Henry Ford when they, you know, they couldn't figure out how to make a V8 engine. And he says, well, you better figure it out because I'm going to bring other guys in and you'll lose your job. And they figured it out. We have to need it really bad. And we're there. We need it really bad. What is that? Maybe it hasn't been invented yet to your point. Well, you know, and people worry about the next generation and all, and I do too, and I'm yeah. glad people worried about my generation. Yep. At least I feel they did. Yep. But if you want to go that far out and you want to talk sustainability, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, how long will the sun burn? Mm. I mean, the sun is not an unlimited energy source. It is a burning mass. And as any burning mass, it burns out eventually oh man you're so, worrying me now you're worrying me here i'm starting to get scared well, you see th <laughs> this is the thing though see we as mankind we want to capture problems that we feel we can solve even whether we can or we don't right. we want to feel like we can make a change well you bring up a big problem like the sun and nobody wants to go near that it's like oh yeah no it'll sun will come up tomorrow well how do you know Really, how do you know? How, how do you know? I mean, how do you know that something couldn't happen? And, uh, you know, because it, everything's impossible until it happens. I, I cannot believe that I found Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. It was like right there. I'm like, yes. These topics need to be talked about, even on a little car show or a big car show like this. And, Ed, I, I appreciate you um, taking the time to uh, lift the covers a little bit to what's being, you know, covered up. Hey, uh, I, I believe there's solutions to every problem, yeah. and we have solutions out there, but we everything needs to be on the table. Yep. And Toyota, Toyota right now is the only car company that is looking at everything on the table. Uh, well, most of them have gone one direction and uh, because they feel the political pressure. Right. And that's not that doesn't mean it's the right direction. Ed Justice Jr., JusticeBrothers.com. I'm Alan Taylor. We'll be right back. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. 
Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. is The Drive with Alan Taylor. Well, it is time now for George Kennedy III. He is, uh, well, he writes for a lot of folks, does videos for a lot of folks, but car gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, and right here on The Drive, George Kennedy III. George, I don't know if you saw, a buddy of mine says to me today something about Diesel engines can run on hydrogen. I'm like, uh, okay, all right, well. And then, you know, I, I know that there was a story back in uh, January about, it says, and I'm just going to read it real quick because it was in the BBC. The race to make diesel engines run on hydrogen. And then down below it says here, it's a new hydrogen diesel hybrid engine, affectionately known as baby number two. Okay, that could help to decarbonize some of Australia's heaviest industries. But my friend was saying about, I think it was Cummings, the new ones are going to be able to be set up for dual fuel. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. How did you hear that? So, you know, it's like I'm I'm just going, all right, now I got to call the folks at Cummings and find out about that. But that seems very interesting to me. Here's what it says. Engineers at the University of New South Wales say they have successfully modified conventional diesel engine to use a mix, now that's a key word, a mix of hydrogen and a small amount of diesel, I imagine just for lubrication, claiming their patented technology has cut carbon dioxide, CO2 emissions, by more than 85%. That's gigantic. So I, this could be something big here, man. You know? I mean, there are, yeah. I mean, I, I remember my dad talking about it. He was in the Marines, and they had those big deuce-and-a-half cargo trucks, and those are multi-fuel vehicles. I mean, they could run on and kerosene, heating oil, right. diesel, obviously, and, and, like, gasoline in emergencies. But basically, there are setups for it. You know, I'm sure they run at different levels of efficiency and efficacy, based on what kind of fuel it is. And, yeah, maybe for some of these, either kerosene or propane or hydrogen require specific setups for optimal use. Yeah. A good example here is uh, this says, we have so many established diesel power generators, mega trucks, and underground machines. How do we decarbonize all those existing diesel engines? One way is to shut down everything and get new technology in, which will take decades. And I agree with that. 
I love the fact that they're looking at how can they, you know, take what we've got. And again, it comes back to our existing infrastructure because part, right. of, the, part of the infrastructure is the vehicles that are already on the road as well, right? You know, well, and, and that's why, you know, we said that the, the plug-in hybrid was such a good option because it gives you your traditional sort of use and behavior. It adds this new functionality, but you're not having to change everything about your lifestyle. You're slowly incorporating these new behaviors in. So if another way of doing that is taking the existing powertrains and finding a new way to fuel it, in the you know, Formula One is looking to go to all synthetic fuels in the coming years. Right. And that's another way to reduce carbon footprint, right? So, you know, anybody can say, hey, let's go change everything tomorrow, build a better future. Great. I love that idea. But it would cost so much money, take so much time. And at the end of the day, individual people, you know, they're working hard. You know, they're going to do what makes the most financial sense for them. To find a budget-friendly way that doesn't impinge on what they're already doing to start to adapt, that's great. So the conversation I had with Ed Justice just before you, was because of this um, BMW's hydrogen program manager. He says, I am convinced, I'm not saying I think or I believe, but I am convinced that hydrogen is the future. And I, I, you know, BJ and I talked about this, BJ Colleen, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I thought, you know, hydrogen, and it just, it, 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 you don't hear about it enough these days anymore. And all of a sudden here, it's jumping into the news all over the place. But I love that it can be used in so many different ways, and especially with diesels now. So I, I personally am very happy. Anyway. Well, you know, I think you and I both agreed on options are important for the future. So Totally. You know, giving people a choice of do they want diesel, do they want gas, do they want electric, do they want a plug-in hybrid, stuff like that. You know, different types of, of fuel systems. And, you know, Electric is, you know, slowly progressing in terms of the infrastructure. There's a long way to go, but they're making progress. It's becoming more viable for more folks every year to own an electric vehicle based on the growth of the infrastructure. You know, the hydrogen fuel infrastructure is in the infancy, and it's usually close to industrial areas, and it's just a matter of of building out that infrastructure. I got a chance to drive the Toyota Mirai a few years ago, and really what it comes down to is, the hydrogen is power. It's a hybrid. It's, 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 you know, a hybrid like a Prius almost, but instead it's a, you know, the hydrogen is, is a generator. It's charging the batteries and then the battery is powering the motors. So conceivably, you know, with, with the BMW i3, that's an electric car with a gas range extender. You could theoretically have any type of range extender you want in there, provided it fits the packaging of the vehicle. What I like is I like that the industrial world is looking at this because they know what one of those big machines cost that you know they pay five hundred thousand eight hundred thousand a million dollars and two million you're, some of you're these. thinking it into your company's budget and, and amortizing it right? It, right it's a huge capital cost but if they could change fuels and make some modifications to the you know whatever however you know the i was gonna say carburetor <laughs> fuel injection or whatever it is the injection system of some sort or whatever the heck they have to do it's a whole lot cheaper to spend twenty five thousand dollars on a five hundred thousand or a million dollar tractor earth mover machine you know that makes so much more sense because these things really last a long time so anyway i just like the fact that it's happening we're finally starting to hear about it anyway all right when we come back what are we going to talk about you got a test drive to talk about what do you got 
you gotta get the uh, the new 2023 Mazda CX-30, which is a car that I love, but it's got one little Achilles heel. Uh-oh. All right, the CX-30 with Achilles heel. We'll be right back with George Kennedy. It is the drive. Do not. Well, actually, do whatever you want. We'll be right back. <laughs> This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru, and their first SUV of its kind, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Solterra, built to help protect the environment so it can be explored. It's the first electric vehicle to feature the legendary standard capability of symmetrical all-wheel drive to take you to places traditional electric vehicles can't reach. Love is now electric. Learn more at Subaru.com slash Solterra. Well, it is The Drive talking about cars with car people. In this case, a car guy, George Kennedy III. And he works for Car Gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, and here on The Drive. Test driving a car he says that has an Achilles heel. The Mazda CX-30. What is this Achilles heel? What the, do you want to talk about some of the good parts about it before you uh, slam it? Huh? Let's get into the good because okay. I prefer to say it's a car that I love, but it does have an Achilles heel. And, you know, let's start with the good. I think I said this about the Mazda 3 a few weeks ago, and it's that Mazda vehicles just seem to punch above their weight. It is refined and drives well and has a great interior. I mean, this is it's a borderline luxury car, and we drove the range-topping turbo all-wheel drive with the premium plus package and just the fit and finish the soft touch materials on the dash down to the stitching this just feels like a car that's just not in the same class as some of the other sort of you know economy small crossovers that are out there on the market so when you say it has an achilles heel now what was that achilles heel so okay the achilles heel is something that is persistent across the entire Mazda lineup, and that is its infotainment system. I knew you were um, going to go there. I, <laughs> I like, once again, like we talked in the first segment about options when it comes to fuel, right? With the CX-30, you don't have any option. There's a screen on the center console, but it's not a touch screen. There's a little rotary dial down in the center console, a little joystick slash dial, and it's extremely unintuitive. It works fine when you're using like the Mazda menus. But when you plug in your phone and use CarPlay or Android Auto, like so many of us do, those systems are meant for a touchscreen to be able to swipe through quickly and get out of certain programs. Right. You're scrolling through and it, it just loses all logic. Oh, so, man. And it's distracting. I mean, you're, you, you, know, you think you're going to the right menu. It jumps you where you don't want to be. And then you're taking your eyes off the road. Hmm. So what they really need to do is add touch functionality to the system. But they clearly designed it not with that in mind because the screen is kind of removed, you know, nestled up in the middle of the dash. Kind of you have to, you know, I have long arms. I can reach the screen. But a lot of folks might have difficulty reaching the screen if they were to put a touch system in. Wow. And I know the guy who's in charge of infotainment in Mazda. I've known him for many years. He's actually a good friend of mine. I'm going to have to call him and have a talk with him 
because I can't even I mean, imagine, it, right? I can't even imagine. When, if you, when this, if, when like this, you and said. This has happened a couple of times through the years. You know, if you go back to like 2015 with the uh, Honda Civic, when they got rid of the volume knob and they put a little, you know, touch capacitive scrubber and everybody lost their minds, rightfully so. <laughs> it's like nobody in the engineering department or the design department decided like, hey, should we just pull somebody off the street and see if this is really easy to use because I do think you might run into a problem of sort of being in this echo chamber of, hey, we all designed this car together. We all designed how all this system works. We get it. So everybody else must obviously get it. You bring in somebody off the street, just a random, you know, you focus group it. Right. And you say, how easy was it to pair your phone? How easy was it to change the radio station? And if it's anything but, oh, that was as easy as a car from 10 years ago, then all the work that went into that design is all for naught if you're adding steps to what is just a basic operation of a car that you know everybody should be able to do without thinking. Mm. I remember back when uh, pairing a phone, man, I'll tell you what, I might as well have been you know a guy that was put in a um, spaceship and told to fly to the moon. I was like, oh, I don't even know what to do here, you know? Uh, and I still see, and now everybody should know how to pair their phone, and I still see, you know, a car swerving on the highway, and I drive by, and there's an old-timer <laughs> screaming into his phone up to his face. <laughs> I can tell you, though, it should be intuitive. You turn the phone on, and, and it, it should ask you, do you want to pair? And you say yes, and then you go to your phone, and it should have a little thing. Is do you want to pair? Yes. And bing, it should be done. You know, and some vehicles are very easy. And thank goodness, because I, I will tell you, I'm pretty sure that a few of the gray hairs on my head were from trying to pair phones to media <laughs> cards, you know? Well, I mean, you have that Jeep Gladiator. I yep. mean, it, it, well, I've always said, you know, it's not one or the other. It doesn't have to be all buttons and dials or all touchscreen. Right. right. I think te the Tesla model is wrong because you're taking basic climate controls and radio controls that's something at this point you can have your eyes on the road and, and put your hand down there, not even have to look down and know where those things are. And, you know, if you have to add a few extra keystrokes to change the, you know, the, the temperature of your climate control, then you've lost the plot in terms of vehicle design. Are like all UI, UI, like this? Is this across the lineup you're saying? Most new Mazda vehicles, I think one of the only holdouts might be the Mazda CX-5 because it's an older design. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with the new CX-90 because mm. that's replacing the CX-9. And I'm curious what the interior is going to look like. So we're talking, uh, right now. talking about uh, George Thank Kennedy's you. driving the Mazda CX-30, which is CX means that it's a little SUV to crossover vehicle, right? A little crossover, yeah. Right. And um, the problem here is that when you get in a car, you know, other than you, you sit there and you, you kind of say, okay, well, this, this feels kind of good. Seats feel good. Just your seat. And then you're like, put your hand on the wheel and you look at the dash and it looks all okay. Well, there's a speedometer. And you look over at the radio and it should have certain things. To me, a touchscreen is one of them. You know, so I, 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 so. I do think that Mazda may have gotten the message because with the CX-90, their newest vehicle, you know, just, you know, as a little bit of background, when these automakers design these vehicles, it takes like six, seven years sort of pipelining all this stuff. And I know a few of the, the automakers have said that the last thing they, they design is the tech. 
because it evolved so quickly, which is fair. Right, right. Um, I think for the CX-90, what the new system is, it's touch for just Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Ah. Everything else is that, is that dial. Okay. So as well, long as that's yeah. a screen, that, that's, that's, that's progress. That's where it should, because it's jumping from your phone to the... You know, to the car, it needs to have the same functionality. All right, hang tight. When we come back, we're going to now get past the Achilles heel, which I agree. This is a big one. Uh, The Mazda CX-30, nice little vehicle. George driving it. We'll talk about that on the other side. Stay with us. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And George Kennedy joining us right now. George Kennedy is uh, hes a big guy, six foot three or so, and he's driving a smaller crossover vehicle made by Mazda, the CX-30. I've driven uh, Mazda CX-30. I, I like them, but I, I, I agree with you. I know beat a dead horse about the, the uh, infotainment system, but... Uh, um, all right, so George, you are a big guy. This is not a big vehicle. Now, where do we go from here? Yeah, I mean, think about it this way for small crossovers. There's like two kinds of, of small crossovers. There's the kind that has two rows of seating. They're kind of boxy, like the, the Kia Soul has a room for four adults, right? right? Or the Kia Seltos has decent cabin space. Then there are others that are really all about front seat passenger space. You know, the rear seats are there in a pinch. And the Hyundai Kona is one of those, for example. And then this is another one where it's really about the front seat comfort. I had plenty of head and leg room, but, you know, there's no way anybody could sit behind me. The, the leg room always disappears. Mm. So if you're a big guy, it makes a big difference for if you have, you know, which, teenage kids. Which is fine for, you know, I, a lot of these cars are commuter cars where it's just you sitting in the car going from point A to point B. Right, right. And I think that's fine. You know, I look at this car as, you know, a slightly raised version of the Mazda 3 hatchback, where oh. it's a hatchback, really, but you've got a little extra inch or two of ground clearance. Right. right. And the great thing is it drives really well. I mean, that's, that's the flip side is that, you know, I don't see some of these larger, more top-heavy more you know second row passenger having crossovers having the handling capabilities that the cx-30 does the cx-30 is i once you get in that car you're like oh this is what an engaging car feels like yeah that you know you don't have to have a sports car to have, have a rewarding driving experience and i think 
cars like this remind you of that? What's funny is if you think back, I don't know, a decade or so, Mazda used to use the Zoom Zoom. You know, that was their, you know, the, at the end of the commercials was Zoom Zoom, some little kid. And it was a fun driving experience. Of course, they had the Mazda MX-5, which is the Miata, right? And yep. fun little cars. More people race those things than any other kind of cars. Those are just, that's right. you know, On ridiculous, right? More. Yeah. That's right. So, but they went away from that. And they must have spent hundreds of millions of dollars on commercials to create this Zoom Zoom thing, which I guess everybody goes, well, I don't want Zoom Zoom. I want um, whatever the noise of sitting in a comfortable car sounds like, you know. But the well, Mazda I, I things are still good driving. They're really good driver cars. Drivers like Mazdas, you know. That's right. There are a couple things going on. That One is that they did pivot, you know, not all the way away from performance, but they pivoted towards going up market yeah. in terms of quality and also that you don't have to be punished to have a sporty drive, right? So you can have a car that's rewarding to drive and is comfortable. It's not one or the other. And I think they really have mastered that nexus. Mm. Well, I think it's funny because, <laughs> man, I still like the Zoom Zoom campaign. I still like it. I still, what's wrong with having a, you know, a Zoom Zoom kind of <laughs> as the foundation of your car, it's a fun car to drive, and then you can have a luxury car that they should have come up with, you know, some other little thing and made a play on that. But they completely abandon it. I don't get it. But you know what? I, I think there's nothing negative to say about the Mazda car company. They make great vehicles. I know many people that own them. There's just little idiosyncrasies about, you know, whatever it is, like you're talking about right there. You're a big, tall guy. Wouldn't matter to me. I'm five foot fat. I want the room, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I want the, yeah, the the width of the seat. I buy wide and shoes. Once again, they're, you know, they're proving that you don't have to have a sports car to have a rewarding driving experience. These things are engaging. They, they handle well. And like a luxury vehicle, they do that thing where not only are they, you know, great around a corner, but you're not going to shake any fillings loose when you go over a pothole. <laughs> right. So overall, you give it thumbs ups or thumbs downs or what are you, what are you giving it? Yeah, absolute thumbs up, you know, hopeful for the future. If, if they're updating that infotainment system like they are on the three row CX-90, maybe we see some updates on the rest of the model lineup in the years to come that, that evolves this infotainment system a little bit. And it would be the one negative taken care of with an otherwise terrific vehicle. There you go. And it's important we talk about these things because that's how they know they need to fix it is it gets talked about on a national level. And you know what? It's a, it's a silly little thing. And they may go, oh, come on, get over it. You're like, no, no. I, I, I want to have a touch screen, you know? So anyway, for what it's worth. George Kennedy, thank you, sir. Um, you can find him at uh, Car Gurus, Boston Globe, U.S. News and World Report, and doing test drives for us here on The Drive. Thanks again, George. Thanks a lot, Alan. All right, we got another hour to go. Stay with us. The 
word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget, never settle, never surrender. And now Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. This show is presented in part by Dodge. Domestic, not domesticated. Auto News. Exclusive interviews. Real-world test drives. It's your turn to step into the driver's seat. This is The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, it is time for a little bit of automotive news with my dear, good friend, BJ Colleen, automotive journalist extraordinaire. Um, she keeps an eye on the news so that uh, so I don't have to. I learn when you guys learn. I love that. Thank you very much, BJ, for doing that for us. My pleasure. And Alan, I got to say, our friends are just the best. Ed Justice, there's nobody like him, is there? No, he, he is, just is a rare guy. One of a kind. Yes, One he of is. a kind. Yep. Yep. No question Absolutely about lovely. it. By the way, in the bottom of the hour here, another friend, Brian Moody, will be on from Auto Trader and Kelly Blue Book. He's got a lot of information. I, I get an outline. What the outline is this. More shoppers considering hybrids versus electrics, which is interesting. Hybrids, I think, are the way to go, personally, if you're going to get something that's electrified. But he then also has a ranking of the 10 most popular electrified vehicles. And then he says, consumers want more options, which is interesting. In other words, electric diesel gas maybe hydrogen maybe natural gas that we americans we love options if you know what i'm saying so that'll be an hour <laughs> in the bottom of the hour into the show anyway but uh bj colleen has news for us what you got in the news yeah well you know talk about options and that we love choices you're absolutely right just go to the cereal aisle of any grocery store <laughs> right. you stand there for a half an hour going i don't know there's ninety five thousand different cereals what do i get you That's know but you're right funny. we like to have our choices but you know it's funny you talk about they want more choices they want more options but when you buy a vehicle and you option it out and you start to add all the features you want the price just gets astronomical yeah, and i think double. we said last week yeah that, yeah. yeah, the average price of a of a vehicle payment now is almost eight hundred dollars, and it's stupid. So, but nobody's nobody's just just you no know, um, discounting vehicles. They're not discontenting. They're not taking content out until Honda. Honda has the CRV. We all know it's a very popular small compact SUV. Right. And but they have the the Elite trim and the Touring and the, the Touring Plus, the Touring Elite. I mean, there's so many different ones that give you so many features. The problem is. At the price of vehicles now, that CRV, which used to start at like 15,000 years ago, now starts at $32,000. It's absurd. Wow. So, what Honda said is, you know, and I think they're really, really smart about this hey, people can't afford this. So, let's start thinking about what we can do at the bottom end of the level. So, they're introducing really soon, in I think a couple months, the CRV LX. And that's a entry level, kind of a little bit of a bare bones model of the CRV. 
it'll actually start about $3,000 less than the, the EX model. So we're talking under $30,000, which is a bargain right now. But things like it's going to go to steel wheels with plastic hubcaps, oh. right? Something nobody's crazy about. But, right. you know, plastic looking better nowadays. Yep. They're not going to tint the rear windows. It's not going to get a sunroof, which I wouldn't order anyway. But it's only a four-speaker sound system, a single-zone climate control. You don't have power-adjustable driver's seats. You don't get heated front seats. You don't get that pocket into the front seat back. You don't get heated door mirrors. You don't get uh, passenger side front window automatic up and down and things like that. So it's just a basic car that you can get into. Yeah, you're not going to have the bells and whistles, but it's a car you can afford. Right Now, they are going to be offering a 7-inch touchscreen. They're going to have all of Honda's sensing suite of uh, electronic driving aids, which is a big plus. And you're getting the same engine as you are in the regular CRV. You're not going to have a hybrid model. But again... It's really smart. So I think that Honda is going to be very successful with this. What do you think? I think so. And if you remember the Toyota Scion, remember the Scion brand? Yep. I remember talking to um, who is now the CEO of Ford Motor Company, Jim Farley. He launched that brand for Toyota. used to come on the show with you and I. And um, the idea was that you could kind of build up your own custom little car and uh, I remember him. they were actually thinking about doing one in primer so people could do their own custom paint jobs, which they never did that, I don't think. But it's weird how they've gone away from decontented cars. In other words, everything is loaded. And the problem yep. is it, it takes cars out of the affordability range for many people. A perfect example of this is I have an electrician working on a, a rental that I have. And... Um, I said to the guy, I go, what's it going to cost to do this? He goes like, oh, between $35 and $3,800 to do some rewiring, right? Well, every time he turned around, he says, hey, do you want a uh, heat lamp in the bathroom? I'm like, oh, yeah. He goes, you want a light that turns on when you walk into the pantry? Yeah. You want some uh, little pendant lights here? Yeah. BJ, (laughs) $9,000. Okay, so more than double what I started with. Did I need all that? No. But I did it. (laughs) We'll take a break. (laughs) Be right back with more. This is The Drive. Stay tuned. There's more of The Drive with Alan Taylor. Attention business owners. 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Pump the brakes. Pump the gas. I don't care. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. Louder. 
Louder! Okay, all right, enough. I shouldn't be a singer. Um, although I could do that kind of singing. Uh, BJ Colleen joining us, talking a little bit about the news in the auto industry. Speaking of news, I... News or nudes? New, nudes, not nudes. News. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure where you were going. Although, although... No, we won't go there. Anyway, um... <laughs> <laughs> So I venture to guess that in the coming weeks or so that uh, Dodge is going to be coming out with a, a new vehicle, of so, some sort of a what they call last call. Do you have any uh, recollection or any kind of understanding of what they're going to do there? I mean, we're all just guessing at this point. I know a few people are kind of in the know, but all I've heard is the word monster. Do you have any more insight intel than that? For Just curious. Yeah. I don't really. I mean, we will in a couple of weeks. They keep it pretty tight-lipped over there at Dodge. Yeah, they keep it pretty tight-lipped. But you know, if it's the last call, and you know what they've done with Hellcat, and and you know what they've done with Viper, and you know what they've done with Demon, if it's the last call, it better be a knockdown, drag-out, full-on, blowout. High horsepower, crazy, crazy, crazy vehicle. Well, the the speculators so. are speculating a thousand horsepower plus because because that's just that you could, somebody's got to hit that mark from a manufacturer that's not electric. With electric, they can do whatever they want. You know what I mean? They got no emissions right. to worry about. They got nothing to worry about. When you're talking about a monster engine that'll make a thousand horsepower that'll still have a warranty, internal combustion. That's the high watermark, I believe, from a large manufacturer. The only word I got from the president and CEO or the president or whatever he is of the uh, automobiles, the passenger cars from uh, Stellantis, in other words, the head of Dodge, is the word monster. He says it's going to be a monster. And I'm like, can you give me some more? No, I'm not. not, Sorry. Lost my trust. I'm like, okay, well. But you know what? This is it is heartbreaking news because Dodge has always been the performance brand of Chrysler, now Stellantis, and you know they came out with just—I mean—they just high horsepowered everything. You're talking yeah. about the SRT Jeep Cherokee, you know, Grand yep. Cherokee is right. just a beast. I've driven it. You've driven it. It's an absolute well, even a, a three ninety two in a Jeep, uh, a Jeep uh, Wrangler. I mean, that's absurd, isn't it? I love it. <laughs> I know, I yeah. know. It's just, it's just the best. And you always, we always had Dodge to count on to bring us what we want. Yeah. And that's you know lots of power and lots of visceral sound and great looking vehicles. I mean, when the Challenger came out, when they redesigned the Challenger, it is just a beautiful looking vehicle. And even on the road today, you look at you guys, man, that car is just bitching. There's no other way to describe yeah. it. It's just a good looking vehicle. And and. Where are they going from here? Yes, electric vehicles, but you will never get that rumble in your chest that you feel from a vehicle that's got like big V8 power. Although, you know? although I saw a post, I think Car and Driver posted that uh, Dodge has changed the um, simulated exhaust note for the new electric charger, right? And uh, somebody said uh, Borla needs to get in, uh, you know, on this type of thing. And David Borla actually responded, we are. So uh, they <laughs> yeah, may yeah, be able know. to simulate that pounding in the chest with speakers in the car. But it, it but yeah. everyone will know it's still synthetic, you know? It's yeah. the difference between artificial sweetener and sugar. There's a difference. You can tell it. 
You know, and just the other one just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm sorry. I'm a purist. What well, you say? exactly. And we're also future questing because, you know, until we actually drive them and we may go, holy crap, that changed my mind. But no, I'm still. Yeah, I'm still <laughs> too much of a purist. But you know what? We sit here as the uh, what do we we're on like the precipice of a a uh, the potential of Dodge doing something that could be a game changer because of you know what they've already showed us and and it's not they're not really done doing what they got to do to it to have an electric muscle car and if they do it just right it could change a lot of minds like people like you and i that would say i'm never gonna do that so i i always i always kind of stay reserved and i and you know what i've said it before the the ford f-150 lightning to me that is an electric vehicle that I would buy because I know what I'm going to do with it every day. And uh, I, 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 that kind of changed my mind. And you were the first one to tell me you drove it. And it was awesome. All right, don't go anywhere. Amazing. We're going to take another break. We got the price of the 2024 Ford Mustang after this. Stay with us. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru, and their first SUV of its kind, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Solterra built to help protect the environment so it can be explored. It's the first electric vehicle to feature the legendary standard capability of symmetrical all-wheel drive to take you to places traditional electric vehicles can't reach. Love is now electric. Learn more at Subaru.com slash Solterra. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And BJ Colleen, my friend. And, uh, well, I've said it before, voice of reason. When you have friends like this, you, you try to be a voice of reason for each other. And that's what we are on this show for people that are thinking about buying or selling a car is to bring a little extra information and maybe where to find even more better information. Like with our friends at Auto Trader and Kelly Blue Book and the rest. Um, friends everywhere. Yeah. So I mentioned the price that we could finally talk about the price of the new 2024 Mustang. What you got? Right. What you got? So the 2024 Mustang, they just introduced the pricing. And there's a couple different models. There's the EcoBoost Base, the EcoBoost Premium, the EcoBoost Convertible. Then you have your GT, GT Premium, and then the GT Convertible, and then uh, they have that monster top-of-the-line one called the Dark Horse. Now, the EcoBoost Base, which is the most affordable Mustang, starts at $32,515. So I, I hate to use the word affordable anymore because it doesn't exist. Nothing's affordable. That It's a $3,000 increase across the board for all the models. So even mm. the base went up $3,000. Well, It's now, just, how can you afford a car? Right there is proof of what's going on with our money. Our money is worth less uh, yep. in this world today, about 10%, because 30 grand, 10%, 3,000. Ba-boom. That, that's how it shows up. Somebody said to me one time, well, when they do the increase on the uh, dollar an hour increase on the minimum wage or whatever it is, a dollar, two dollars, you know, depending on where you live, you know, how's that going to affect you? And I go, me? It's not going to affect me. I just passed the increase on to you. How is it going to affect you? So anyway, there you have it. It's being passed on to you, and your money oh, is worth big time. even less these days. So if you want to get into a GT, just like the base GT is 43 and change, 
And then that dark horse is going to be close to $60,000. Yeah. So, you know, Mustangs, they were the affordable pony car. They were the every man muscle car, every man pony car. The secretaries could drive it. They could afford it. Nobody can afford it now. It's just, you know, unless you're, you're Diamond Jim Brady, you're not getting in these cars. I don't know how they're selling new cars. I'll be perfectly honest. Oh, they're the selling them as fast as they can get them, which is a crazy <laughs> thing. But to your point... The average payment is between like seven fifty and eight hundred dollars for people these days for their monthly payment. Okay, but you didn't mention, or have they not mentioned what the price of a GT five hundred will be? Mustang. Uh, they haven't said that yet. They yeah. haven't. They haven't announced that yet. So. Well, let me but tell if, you. If you figure the dark horse is sixty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm that saying. Way. My in 2020, the window sticker on my kind of a kind of a base basic GT five hundred was I think $73,000. Now, that would be four years ago because these are 2024s. My guess is for a basic GT500, it'll be closer to 80. And then if you do all the Ooh. carbon garbage, you'll be over, well over 100, 120, 25,000 bucks. Not to mention the dealer markup. I'm sorry, the yeah. market adjustment price. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, well, here, here's Woo. the good news. Yes. If you buy the car and you can't afford it, Ford's just going to repossess it without sending anybody out there because they just actually found a patent. I think the drive found a patent that talks about how they seek to systems and methods to repossess a vehicle from inside the vehicle. So they can do things like if you didn't pay, it can geofence the area where you can operate it. So you can't go certain places. Oh it can tell gosh. the audio system to emit an unpleasant sound every time you're in the vehicle. <laughs> Could, not a smell, or they probably could do that too, yeah. or disable other key features such as climate control. So here you are, you've missed a car payment, or maybe two car payments, but you're planning on making it up, you're driving down the road, and all of a sudden the vehicle decides, ah, screw you, you don't need air conditioner, let's see if we can kill you. But here's the good news, <laughs> if it does detect that you're experiencing a medical crisis, they'll get an ambulance out to you. <laughs> like, oh, oh my god. my gosh. <laughs> you know what, uh, honestly, this right here is I believe far overreaching, not because people shouldn't, you know, I mean, listen, if you buy a car, you should make your payments. Otherwise the, the repossessed right. guy is going to come pick it up. But this is the beginning of kind of the electronic prison. You know what I'm yep. saying? I mean, if you think about yep. it, you won't yep. be able to move about as you please. And the conspiracy theorists are more right than wrong lately. It's terrible. It's I'm telling you, it's, but you know what? It oh ties into another story. That the AAA just did a study and found that 71% of people in America are afraid to ride in fully self-driving vehicles. Oh, yeah. They don't trust the technology. Hell no. They don't trust the vehicles. They just trust the features. It's Nobody wants to be in a car that's taking over for them. And especially, you know, why am I paying for a car that I don't trust it? And you're going to take it back anyway if I miss a payment. So that, that's like, exactly right. <laughs> but you know what's funny is... So you look at cell phones as a perfect example. Kind of everybody relies on that cell phone. That is the new electronic pacifier for human beings. And yes. um, I honestly don't know what I would do without mine. I, I'm serious. It's like I go in the shower, I uh, put it under my arm, and you know, I, it's like it goes everywhere with me. I'm not going to tell you the rest of the toiletries, but please don't. Uh, yes. I will tell you that my wife went out. We have some chickens, and she went out and she put the, the eggs in her um, coat pocket, and she put her cell phone in on top and the cell phone broke and she got some egg white in the the charge port and it destroyed the phone it completely whatever that happened in there so she had to live for a couple of days without her cell phone they finally sent her a new one and she comes into the you know i'm sitting there in my easy chair watching the news and noodling through social media and she goes i'm free 
I'm free. And I went, what is wrong with you? I got to get a spoon and put it in your mouth. She's I'm free. She goes, I don't, I don't care. I don't care about social media. I just don't care. I'm free. And I laughed. I said, yeah, for another hour till you start jonesing like a drug addict. <laughs> anyway, but the, the, the point I was trying to make is that look at the technology. Um, egg white destroyed it. So yeah, that's why I don't trust those self-driving things. BJ, thank you. Thanks, Alan. Coming up next, we got Brian Moody from Auto Trader. We'll be right back. Attention business owners, 3,076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. It's worked for a quarter million businesses worldwide. It'll work for you. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. This is The Drive with Alan Taylor. And our show is brought to you in part by Subaru Love. That's what makes a Subaru a Subaru. They've been sponsoring the show now for, oh, I don't know, 15 years maybe? Maybe 20. Wow. Thanks to Subaru for sponsoring our show. Uh, joining us now from Auto Trader is the executive editor. His name is Brian Moody. He also uh, does a fair bit with Kelly Blue Book, KBB. Um, seen him on TV uh, uh, more lately than uh, maybe in the past. What are you doing there? You're starting to become famous there, Brian. Oh, look at that. <laughs> yeah. I know. Right. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to undo the chorus of booze and turn them into <laughs> moody. Well, I noticed you were smoking a pipe and you had a little scarf around your neck. <laughs> and I thought, man, he's really going upper uh, cuff my, there. I have my smoking jacket. Uh, that was know. a pretty cool segment on hybrids. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to basically live like it's Greece all the time, but <laughs> while interacting in the modern world. Oh, boy, you're funny. Okay, so the topic of the show today has been all kinds of um, heavy things we've been talking about. Heavy things. Because the, the auto industry is, is changing up a bit. I see here that you have, you have some topics that fit right in with this kind of whole electrified world that we're living in lately. Um, yes. So more shoppers. But, but I hope yeah. to add a bit of a bit of reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's important. That's what I'm hoping. Yes. So more shoppers lately it have been important. considering hybrids over electric cars is, is this segment. And then so hybrid, yes. you know, is is partially electrified. Then we have the rank of the top ten most popular electrified vehicles. That'll be our second yes. segment. 
And then yeah. um, consumers want options. And that's perfect because that's what uh, George Kennedy said. That's he says, I'm all about options. So let's start out with more shoppers considering yeah. hybrids versus electric cars lately. Well, how about this for a Kelly Blue Book factoid? Okay. Nearly 25% of new vehicle shoppers consider an electrified vehicle. And when we say electrified, we mean that it has some kind of electrification. It could be fully electric, it could be a hybrid, or it could be a plug-in hybrid. So 25% of new vehicle shoppers consider an electrified vehicle. But twice as many of those look at a hybrid versus a fully electric vehicle. Interesting. So actually that number is lower and it's important that we always tell the truth lower than I thought. And in the media world, you would think that they would bolster up things, but that's the wonderful thing about uh, Kelly blue book. It's just simply the stats. I'm, I'm wondering yeah. if that doesn't come back to what our, our last segment together will be about customers want options, but only 25% yes. are considering it's interesting. I thought it would be more, but go ahead. So the 25% that are considering an electrified vehicle, yep. most of those are considering some kind of a hybrid. At this point, I still think that even though we talk about it a lot, I still think that electric cars, a fully electric car, we're still at the point where that's for one of two people. That's for rich people, and it's also for early adopters, the kind of person who loves to have new technology. They love to be the first one with the new iPhone. They love to be the first one that has the latest gizmo and they want the, all the gadgets. That's where electric cars still are. Yeah. Or they're in the cool looking category, you know, cause some of them are pretty cool. I would looking. put that in the early adopters though. Yeah, I think yeah, so. They are. Yeah. 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 No, I, I was watching one. Who was it? Kevin Bacon. You know, remember him? Dirty, what, he wasn't in Dirty Dancing. Oh, what yeah. was he in? He was in Footloose. That's what uh -huh. it was. And his daughter, and they were doing, I think it was a Hyundai commercial. And I thought, look at Hyundai six Ionic degrees. Six, there you go. Six degrees of separation yeah. from Kevin Bacon. <laughs> That's funny. Well, so um, more people are, are considering hybrids. I, I can understand that because my daughter bought one. I've, I've probably told the story too many times now. She says, Dad, I will never buy another car that is not hybrid ever again because she loves and she has a plug in. So she loves wherever she goes. If, right. if she can, she plugs in, which is at my house. She's always, you know, and her husband, when he comes over, first thing he does is he goes and plugs in because they get to kind of like cheat the system just a little bit, <laughs> you know. Right. So hybrids right. are great. Dad I love can pay for the fuel. Yeah, exactly. So listen to this. Paul, start with the list, and then we'll probably won't get to the whole thing. But just listen to this list of cars that are the most considered electrified vehicles. Okay, it's not the futuristic type stuff, except for maybe one. It's cars like this: the Toyota Rav4 Hybrid, the Honda CRV Hybrid, the Toyota Highlander Hybrid, the Ford Maverick Hybrid. You see where I'm going? Like these are yeah. all normal cars right. that are just the average person is looking into. They're not the, you know, the Lucids or the, the BMWs or the IX right. or the Audi e-tron. That's not what most people are looking for. Most people are looking for are a Ford F-150. And, okay, if it comes electric or whatever, okay, I'll try that. But they still want the cars that they want. They, they're not, on the whole, they're not going way, way out into left field and just saying, oh, my gosh, I think I'm going to get a hand-built $100,000, you 
you know, electric car. Right. Now, in the in the last hour, we talked about uh, a statement that was made by BMW, the head of their hydrogen-powered powertrains. He says, basically, hydrogen is the future. Not maybe, is the future. What do you think about that, Brian? I think that's possible because I think when you look at Toyota, for example, and their fuel cells, how you can you can burn hydrogen or you can use it to have a chemical reaction to create electricity, I think that's true. The Toyota Mirai is a hydrogen-powered car. The Hyundai Nexo is a hydrogen-powered car. And there's a couple of advantages with hydrogen in terms of when you use it as compressed fuel source to create electricity. And that is that it's a naturally occurring element, for one thing. You're not manufacturing it, although you do have to transport it. And the other thing is refueling a hydrogen-powered car is very similar to how you refuel a gasoline-powered car. It's similar in how the process works, and it's similar in time, and it also has uh, far less emissions, zero emissions in most cases. Right. So it's almost like the best of all these worlds. Agreed. I- I'm a little bit excited, again, about hydrogen. Um, okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about the, yeah, uh, cool. the rank of the 10 most popular electrified vehicles. So if you're considering hybrid versus electric and electrified... Well, at uh, autotrader.com, Brian Moody, the executive editor, is going to give us a list right after this. Stay with us. It is The Drive. The word never carries a lot of weight. Never forget. Never settle. Never surrender. And now, Dodge is proud to announce Never Lift, the full throttle rally cry of stepping on the gas and never letting up. With the 475 horsepower Durango SRT 392 and the muscle car dynamic duo Dodge Charger and Challenger and the introduction of Dodge Power Brokers, your official dealer for legendary direct connection performance parts. For more on the Never Lift mindset, go to Dodge.com. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. It is the drive all across America on radio stations and the interwebs. Thank you for joining us. Brian Moody here with us from uh, autotrader.com. He's executive editor and he works with Kelly Blue Book as well. Uh, he's their kind of their TV personality. You see him on the news for the auto shows all over the country. And uh, Brian, rank now the 10 most popular electrified vehicles for those considering electrified vehicles what do you got yeah i also pull weeds you uh, left yeah. that part out oh I well I, yeah. I keep the flower beds looking nice uh, and, and, well it is the weekend so you know yeah i get that that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> okay so starting with number 10 this is a 10 well, it's from 10 to 1 okay. the most considered electrified car so this would be popular in terms of not necessarily buying but considering popular in terms of yeah, I might. If I'm going to go electric or electrified, that's where we're going to go. Number 10, the Chevrolet Bolt EV. Mm. One of the few affordable all-electric cars. Makes sense why it would be on the list. Sure. Top Number 10. 9, the Toyota Prius. Prius. Just just long-standing, good fuel economy. I mean, what, yeah. what can and, you do? And you of know course, what's funny? I, I just saw a 2010 Prius. Runs perfect. No problems. Yada, yada, yada. 320,000 miles and I was like wow yeah that's that's you know that's 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 actually that's fantastic so anyway I just wanted to say that go ahead you know what that says to me yes that says to me that the experiment on the reliability of some of these batteries 
the experiment's been run, and they've been found to be reliable. The issue comes when you start trying to make those batteries too big and get your four, five, six hundred mile ranges. That seems to be when the problem comes up, when they seem to go out. But you're right. The Toyota Prius experiment says electrified cars can obviously be very reliable. There you go. So that's number nine. Number eight, the Ford F-150 Lightning. No matter whether you like electric cars or not, they did an amazing job with that truck. Yep. I'll agree. Go ahead. And number seven, the Toyota Camry Hybrid. Wow. Number six, the Honda Accord Hybrid. Number five, the Ford Maverick Hybrid. Genius. The Ford Maverick is a stroke of genius. It's the answer to a question everybody was asking. How can I get a smaller, less expensive pickup than what's out there? Ford creates it, they bring it to market, and then, bam, waiting list. Just like that. That that goes to show. Plus, the base model is a hybrid. That's what I was about to say. The base model is a hybrid. And then it gets more expensive and more options and things you can add on. But I I love the fact they made the base model. And I've driven them. As a matter of fact, I want to tell you, my wife, who is a hardcore critic, I had it for a week. I don't know. It's probably been six, eight months ago. And she literally considered selling her car that she loves to buy that because it yeah. was a nice driving car. It was a car that was a pickup truck because that's basically what it is on a car platform. And uh, it kind of did everything. She decided not to because she loves her, her vehicle that she has so much, which is a Nissan Rogue 2021. But she literally thought about it. And my wife keeps her cars like, you know, 10 years. Anyway, continue on. We're at number... Uh, because there's a word for the Ford Maverick. There's a word for... And this it? word applies to Subarus as well. There's a word for the Ford Maverick. It is endearing. Ah. There's something about it that is more than the sum of its parts. That's the same with Subarus. Yeah. There's something about it where you look at the parts, you look at the pieces, you look at the technology, you look at the price, and you're like, ah, okay, it's probably going to be just Okay. And then you drive them, and you're like, oh, this is better than all of those things added up. <laughs> There's more than just math here. There's something in it that makes them more compelling than good, the average. That's a good, it's a good point. Very good say. point. All right. You got about yeah. three minutes here. To, okay. So we're to the yeah. top we're to the top three, top three most considered electrified cars. And by the way, this is on Kelly Blue Book. So okay. this is on a Kelly Blue Book article. Okay. Uh, you can find this whole list, and then you can click on the cars. Number three, the Tesla Model 3. Ooh. Makes sense. The Tesla Model 3, it's popular, it handles great, it's quick. Now with the lower price, I'm sure this is going to be even more popular with people actually buying them. So the number three is the Model Model 3. Number two, the Honda CRV Hybrid. Hmm. So perfect type of car for most Americans. A small crossover SUV and now gets excellent gas mileage. The number one most considered electrified car is the Toyota RAV4 Hybrid. And it makes sense. Those are the kinds of cars that meet people, Americans, where they are. They add electrification to a car that they already like. It's not something new or crazy or way out of left field. I think I'm missing number four. I got down. I wrote them all down. What was number four? Oh, I might have missed down. The Highlander. Did I not say that one? Uh, I don't know if you did, but I'm writing it down now so I don't have to go look later because that way I can sound smart. So by... look at what the list is. <laughs> the, the list is one, two, three, four Toyotas. Yeah. And a Ford and, you know, a Chevy and a Honda and then a Tesla. I mean, they're just, it's the, the kind of cars people are considering for electrified vehicles, whether it's hybrid, plug-in hybrid or electric are the kinds of cars they're already considering 
otherwise. Right. The smart move is to make a hybrid or electric version of a car people already love. The one I'm concerned about is that, and it's going to make it really difficult for me to get one, is the F-150 Lightning. It's the only electric vehicle that I would consider buying at this point because they packed performance into that too. Remember, the word Lightning was originally a performance truck from Ford. Yeah. And right. uh, this vehicle is very fast. I know people that have driven it. I have not driven it yet, but it, it still is an F-150, and it's got a frunk. It is fast. You know, and, yeah, oh, you've it's driven frunk, it. And it has so many thoughtful features. Let's see that. I don't even, I don't, I don't, I don't see me ever getting a pickup, and, and I don't even know that I would get an electric car. But, man, that F-150 Lightning, they put every thoughtful feature that you can think of yeah a place in the tailgate so you can use a c-clamp to saw off the tailgate see this is the problem this is the problem this whole list is at kbb.com kelly blue book kbb.com i'll never get one because everyone else is considering them too dang it we'll be right back stay with us attention business owners 3076 businesses are shutting their doors every single day. There are three things holding you back from doubling your sales in the next 12 months. They are number one, the great resignation. 47 million Americans voluntarily left their job last year. Your staff are harder to find than ever before. Number two, the clutter factor. 3.8 billion social media pages are competing for the attention of your prospects. No wonder they aren't listening to your marketing efforts. Number three, the death of the salesman. 97% of your prospects feel salespeople are too pushy today. Hello, I'm Amanda Holmes. I've just released an updated version of my father's cult classic book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. If you'd like to double your sales in the next 12 months, download a free chapter of the book at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. Our clients call it the chapter that changes lives. Get your proven roadmap to doubling sales at ultimatesalesmachine.com forward slash book. I get no Welcome back to The Drive. Now, here's automotive expert, television and radio host, Alan Taylor. Well, the old um, internal combustion engine might get knocked down, but it's going to get back up again. Because people do like having options. And um, I'm actually very happy to hear that General Motors just announced a new you know, internal combustion engine plant. And that, um, mm-hmm. you know, just that it's not going to be done away with, which it actually was concerning me for a little bit. But, you know, you look at what uh, FCA, no, is it not even, it's called Stellantis now. I got to get it right. Dodge. How about that? Our yeah. sponsor, Dodge. Uh, yeah. They're about to announce something that is a monster with an internal combustion engine. And um, I've heard something to the effect of a thousand horsepower. I don't know, but we'll find out about it in the next week or so. But uh, so you were talking about that consumers want options, and I agree. Is this a story yes. somewhere on and Auto I, Trader or where? Yes. Okay. Actually, ahead. I wrote this myself. Is on Auto Trader. I think the headlines are misleading because there's the headline world, and then there's the real world. And the real world says that Ford just came out with a Mustang for 2024 that has a gasoline-powered B8 because it's a GT, and that's what GT Mustang GT means. Right. So I'm going to read you a quote 
but I'm going to leave one part out. And I want you to tell me what this quote is probably applying to. (laughs) This is an automotive executive saying this. Like the running board and the rumble seat, the blank is an item which history has passed by. What are they talking about? Uh, Hair plugs. (laughs) I don't don't know. (laughs) No, it's our thing. (laughs) I don't know. I don't need hair plugs either, but um, I don't know. What is it? Well, you could say they're probably talking about gasoline-powered cars. That's the, what I hear when I go on social media and, ah, and look at the headlines. Yeah, yeah. But this is actually a quote about convertible cars ah. in 1976. Mm, isn't that funny? The general manager of Cadillac said, like the running board and rumble seat, the convertible is an item which history has passed by in 1976. How many convertibles do you think all automakers sold by 2006? Um, I have no idea. 300,000. That's it for so all when someone, yeah. Yes, for all automakers. It's down near like 100,000 now, but when wow. it, the point is when someone says, even someone of stature, when someone says, that's the end of it, it's all over, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Well, by 1982, there was a Chrysler convertible. And by 1983, there was a Chevy Cavalier convertible. So when people say that's the end of something, yep. maybe that's not true. Let's just see what time does. And yeah. so here's a couple of quotes from this article. The article is on AutoTrader, which is, automakers know that consumers want powertrain options. Choice is key to retaining customers. Here's a quote from Ford. This isn't headlines. This isn't spin. This is a direct quote from Ford. Everything Ford does is driven by our customers. That's why we offer a variety of vehicles, including electric, hybrid, plug-in, gas, and diesel, so our customers can choose what's best for them. There you go. Huh. <laughs> that doesn't sound like the headlines I've been reading. I know, and I right? I have one more. <laughs> Go ahead. I got one more from Toyota. Okay. At Toyota, we are committed to aggressively reducing carbon emissions. Toyota is pursuing many clean vehicle technologies in parallel, including a diverse array of carbon-reducing products in the short term and, over time, more zero-emission products. This approach allows the most choice for customers and is the fastest way to achieve the ultimate goal of carbon neutrality. Thank you. You there can you just go. close the show right there. It's done. <laughs> okay, over. I mean, we don't have to do it anymore, Alan. It's all over. <laughs> I will tell you to agree. I mean, that's, that's the truth. <laughs> it is the truth. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on it because it's so much so the truth that in 2021, I bought a, a Jeep a Gladiator. And I really, really liked it. It was the right size truck for me. I I didn't want a full size. I have a giant full size truck for pulling a giant trailer, but I don't want to drive that every day. So I wanted an everyday thing that I could not only use as a pickup truck, but I could also go to the beach, take the top off. It's a convertible. Hey, it's I can go to the Rubicon Trail. Now it's an off-road vehicle. It's like an everything, a Swiss Army nice vehicle. So, But when they told me they were going to make a diesel, I sold my 2021 and I bought a 2022 with a diesel because you know what? I love diesels. I've got tractors and I've got a farm and I love diesel. I'm that guy. I want options. I'll spend more for my options. And I think that's, you know, that's where we're at. But you're right. Good place to end the show. Customers and consumers alike want options. What's that? Yes. Doesn't your truck prove the point of what people really want is flexibility. Exactly. If a new automaker came to came to town right now and they said, you know, we, we've got a, a great business plan. It's called all coupes all the time. All we make are coupes. Yeah, they'd be out of business in no time. What people want is the Gladiator. Uh, yeah, exactly. Part convertible, part truck, part Jeep, part right. off-road, part cool. Like, that's what people want, and powertrains are no exception. Exactly right. 
All right. Autotrader.com, KBB.com, Brian Moody. Not .com, but just Brian Moody. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. All right. That's it for me this week. Thank you to everybody for listening. We'll see you next week right here on The Drive. See you then. This message comes to you from our sponsor, Subaru, and their first SUV of its kind, the all-new, all-electric 2023 Solterra, built to help protect the environment so it can be explored. It's the first electric vehicle to feature the legendary standard capability of symmetrical all-wheel drive to take you to places traditional electric vehicles can't reach. Love is now electric. Learn more at Subaru.com slash Solterra.